Hello there, welcome to MMA Fight Club. I'm your host, Manny Galarza. We're going to discuss today the controversy surrounding the PFL Challenger Series 7 Pro debut. By now, you may have seen the article on ESPN. We've been holding this story ourselves for a few days out of respect to some people out there that requested that we keep quiet about this. We're going to talk about those requests. We're going to first start off with a timeline of events, how things unfolded, where the red flags initially started coming up, and then eventually when it all hits the fan and we realize that the event took place a week prior to what we think we were watching on April 1st. With that said, let's start with the timeline of events. So the event takes place on March 25th in Jacksonville, Florida, though it's broadcast on FUBU TV on April 1st as a live event happening at 9 p.m. Eastern time. At that time, the world's watching the event thinking it's live. And I would also note that the day before, which would be March 31st, the PFL published the weigh-ins as also a live event. Uh, so if you're watching the weigh-ins on Thursday, like I was, you're thinking, okay, here's the face-offs and the weigh-ins. And you're thinking, okay, this is for the event tomorrow. It's gonna be live April 1st. The first sign that something's not right is earlier in the week. For whatever reason, and we're gonna talk about some of the potential reasons here, the lines came up and were taken down. They come back up, taken down. We had several people contacting us and saying, we're trying to bet in the event. I got my bets in, about to hit submit, and then the lines are taken down. I believe the lines came up and went back down at least three or four times during the week, at like for BetMGM. Not for DraftKings. DraftKings had the lines available late in the week, maybe once or twice it came up and went back down. But for some other books, the lines were up and down three or four times over the week. And there were some changes as that happened. When the first lines came out, they were pretty normal. You know, like Christian Turnett, minus 250, Alexei Pergrand at minus 225, Rakim Talley, minus 275, uh, Derry Alderman, minus 175, and then Andrija Stankovic at minus 650. So those lines were reasonable lines. We did a breakdown video for this event where we guesstimated the money lines because we didn't have them out when we did the breakdown. We were in range for some of these numbers. We had most of these fights almost spot on with our guesstimated money line, but we didn't know. Again, we did that breakdown a few days before the first money line came out. So again, the money line comes out like on Monday or Tuesday of that week, and it's within reason. So that comes out, it goes back down, pops back up. That's the first red flag. We received some screenshots from some of our followers on Twitter, sending us screenshots of the event. And if you go to bestfightodds.com, that's where we were seeing the, the lines be available. And usually most people go to bestfightodds.com to see what the lines are. And so we were getting screenshots of those money lines being available on Best Fight Odds. Now, when I went to go look at it myself, after seeing the first screenshot of it, it was, it was down. So this happens throughout the week, and it's definitely the first red flag. I'm not sure why they were taking the fights down. I started to speculate that maybe because it was an all-rookie card, new fighters, and maybe the books get a little scared. And we retweeted about that. And I guess another question you can ask, though, were the books kind of tipped off at that point? Did they know something? Was that why they kept taking the lines back down? It seems as if something was going on behind the scenes. Enough so that when the lines also keep getting published, they kept moving more and more towards the favorites. That's typical. You know, you see the fights getting steamed throughout the week. People parlaying the favorites and whatnot. But by the time the event is about to go off on April 1st, which is actually not the real time it goes off, the bear lines were way out of control. So again, at first glance, when the lines kept coming up and down, we thought simply the books are a little bit scared. It's a pro debut for all 10 fighters, five fights. Maybe they just didn't want to get too involved with this. So the second red flag for us was that when the lines finally came out again the final time, I guess on April 1st, Friday, they were steamed. Now you had... Stankovic at minus 5,000 on some books. Now granted the lines move a little bit, but some of these guys were like minus 600, minus 400 than the last time the lines came out, which was like Wednesday or Thursday-ish. But now here we're on Friday where every single favorite is now huge favorites. Why does the book do that? We have to ask ourselves that question. Why would the books have guys 
so favored to the point where it's almost unbettable, right? You can't bet on it and get any value. You, minus 5,000, there's no value there, even if you try to parlay that. So when the lines come out on Friday for the last time before the event supposedly goes live, the lines have become unbettable. And at that point, even if you do bet in those lines, you're not making much. Almost like the books wanted to entice you to bet the other way, you know the dog. When I saw those last lines, I remember going to my wife and saying, well, I, you can't make any money in these, in these favorites. Maybe I'll take a stab on one or two of the dogs because there's a lot of plus money there, right? Now the question you have to pose there is why was the value diminished? I know, oh, the money line's driven by the money line. I get that. Money's obviously coming in on the favorites because some people were tipped off and they kind of knew. That's what the money line got out of control. But secondly, the books also were protecting themselves against getting beat up by people taking the favorites, having to pay out on the favorites. So they wanted people to think about the underdogs. They wanted to give them a chance to look at the underdogs as a way to get some more value. And in essence, at that point, the books ensure they're not going to lose a lot of money. By having minus 5,000 money lines, they're going to be protected and also have a chance to possibly bring some money in for the underdogs. And so that was the second red flag for us. Third red flag is the biggest flag of all. The final shoe to drop, right? We get an email from an organization. I don't want to name them by name or get them in any kind of hot water, but it came from a very reputable company. They do third-party tracking. We get an email from them because we inquired. I sent an email out and I said, listen, I, I can't see any of our bets that we track on your website. I can't see any PFL bets. They're not showing up there. So I'm just wondering what's going on. You know, at this time, I'm still not thinking the fight was pre-taped or that it was a pre-recorded event. Here's the exact response we got via email. Quote, it's being shown as a live event, but it took place on the 25th of March. A fighter signed an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement, so they did not give away the results. I have no idea why they are acting like it's a live event, but I've been sent conversations with fighters before the event is shown, congratulating them on their win. I'm looking at the email like, what? Wait a second. Wait, what? It's pre-recorded and he has screenshots of conversations with the fighters saying, you know, congratulations to each other or that they won or people congratulating them on the win. I'm like, oh God, this is crazy. Didn't believe it right away. Didn't want to just take it right away as face value, but looked into it further, right? Now, notably this, that email is coming to my inbox halfway through the first round of the first fight. And so I'm like looking at the TV, it says FUBU. I took a screenshot of that. FUBU live event, whatever, right in big, bold letters above the you know screen or above the video. I'm like, wait a second, it's live. It's, I even emailed back this gentleman. I said, it's showing it's live on TV. Are you sure you're talking about the same thing? I'm on Twitter, it, it, according to the PFL Twitter account, it says it's a live event, it's happening right now. I'm thinking maybe he's mistaken, right? I couldn't help but have a second thought right away too. The money lines got out of control, maybe because the books knew. The books knew who was gonna win. They wanted to deter people from putting money on the favorites because they knew what the results were. I've never seen money lines move this much, not for any MA event, and it wasn't even close. You don't go from minus four or 500 to minus 5,000 in a few days. And keep in mind of this, these were rookie fighters. This was their pro debut. It wasn't like we're watching a guy like, you know, Peter Yan versus some rookie. So we're like, oh, Peter Yan's much better who would be minus 5,000 favorite as a rookie in their pro debut in any reputable organization? So that makes me to start thinking, it's possible the books knew. It's possible someone in some of those books had an idea of what had happened. And again, according to the email that I'm getting from a reputable source, he's telling me some people were aware of it. Even though the athletes signed NDAs, people were, became aware of it. It's the job for the books to know what's going on. Some very smart people work behind those closed doors of those books. 
Hard to believe they had no idea by Friday when the lines were still being offered and they're still taking money out of this, that they had no idea who won the fights. And my second thought on that was, I knew who's gonna win. I remember telling my wife, I said, you know, honey, I'm pretty sure all the favorites are gonna win tonight because I'm getting this information now from some sources. My lines are out of control. And so at that point, I didn't make any bets myself. I saw this was getting way out of control. I had bets earlier in the week when they were normal numbers, <laughs> the numbers that I thought made more sense. So posing that question again, why do we think that the books knew the results while still offering lines on a pre-recorded event? Why? Okay. I mentioned never seen lines like this move before. Never seen such movement. Never seen the lines come up and down so much, like being offered, taken down, offered again, taken down, and then coming back up and there's just favorites are just steamed. Here's the second email we received from another source, another very reputable organization, not going to name by name. Quote, the event actually happened last week on the 25th. I don't know why they're pretending it's live, but it was brought to my attention from multiple sources that the event already happened and the results were available if you were in the know. Again, I was floored to read this. And I, I, I mean, when I read it, I had to read it like three or four times. I'm like, wait a second, if you were in the know, like I'm not in the know, I'm not working behind closed doors. I don't have access to insider trading, but according to this guy, who's just offering the information up and he's an executive at a reputable company who works within mixed martial arts world. He's like, people knew. Now, again, I have to ask the questions. The books didn't know like the big time books, like Caesars and stuff like that. DraftKings and Fandle, like they didn't know their, their job is to know when you talk about the, who's in the know, who knows this stuff. I find it almost impossible that someone within those organizations did not know at the time when they were offering lines, this event had already happened. The results were out there because if I'm getting that information, small time, we're small time here, only a few hundred followers on our Twitter page and 700 subscribers on our YouTube channel. We're a small fish in a big pond yet. I'm getting this information on Friday as the first fight is finishing. And I'm thinking to myself, if I know this now and I'm getting information now, there's no damn way that the big time people in the sport, the big wigs, executives, bookies don't know what the fuck's going on. And so the next thing that happens is I go to social media, I go to Twitter, just put a little tweet like, Hey, you know, seems like something's going on here. Maybe pre-recorded, just kind of putting it out there. We'll do a video on this. We'll do a breakdown, try to answer some questions when we know more information. And just like clockwork, the DMs start blowing up. I get a bunch of trolls on our Twitter page coming in, just being like stupid, you know, cocky name calling, you know, making a lot of just slanderous comments, like subtle, like not threats, but like, don't release the information. You're an idiot. You guys are stupid. Don't ruin it. For, don't ruin it for everybody. I got a DM from someone I do respect quite a bit who simply said to me, look, I got a buddy of mine with a lot riding on this these results. I don't want him to end up not getting cashed out in his bets. Can you please remove all your tweets pertaining to this matter? And you know, just being a good guy, you know, trying to be helpful over here at May Fight Club, we're not trying to cock buck anybody and prevent people get paid. We did so. We deleted all our tweets or retweets pertaining to that matter on Friday. We did it. But the DMs keep coming and people are like, why would you do this? Like, what's the benefit? What do you mean? What's the benefit? Like if this is crooked and if it's pre-recorded, the books are taking money on this. Everyone should want to know what the fuck's going on. Everyone should want to talk about this. It shouldn't just be me or MMA Fight Club. We should all want the truth. Like what, what's the problem here? A few hundred bucks in winnings 
over getting the truth about something that's going to affect everyone. Now, the reality is now the ESPN's got an article out on it. So the main the big boys now are following it. Not just us. We weren't just the only ones who knew about this shit. And so it was shocking to see people coming into our DMs that never followed us, never commented any of our stuff, out the woodwork, saying all kind of things. And again, some of it goes slanderous, like coming onto our Twitter page and like, you guys are noobs, you're stupid, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know about gambling, just, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, we don't know about gambling? You mean keeping stuff quiet, like insider trading stuff, and you think that's the, the angle? That makes you know about gambling? Anyone who slid into our DMs at MMA Fight Club or posted on our Twitter page anything about holding off the information, you look really suspect. I mean, there's other words we could use for it, but you look real suspect trying to keep this information out of the public view. Now, we made some promises. We'll wait until midweek. We'll wait until the local bookies. One guy said, well, you know, the local bookies don't pay out until like Monday or Tuesday. So I told him, look, I'll, we'll publish it on Tuesday. Well, can you wait till Wednesday? Anyone who thinks that this small little podcast, our small little Twitter handle, would have so much clout and have such a wide audience to hear us suggest that there was things about this event that were crooked and maybe misled or whatever, and think that our opinion would matter that much? The bookies would be like, oh, MMA Fight Club is talking about this uh, event being pre-recorded. Oh, we can't pay out the bets now. Don't be so naive, people. Like, don't be so naive. When I saw the article come out today on ESPN about one o'clock today, I had a little bit of relief. Because now when this video comes out, no one could come back at us and say, it's because you guys were talking about it that my bookie didn't pay out because he found out it was pre-recorded. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know where those characters came from up on our channel, sliding into our DMs, trying to tell us don't talk about it till they get paid. Like foolishness. Just foolishness. Now again, being the good guys that we are over here at MA Fight Club, we did hold off. We didn't publish it. We waited. We waited here till midweek. If your bookie has not paid you by now, okay, they're not going to pay you. Now, there might be some lawsuits pending. There's going to be some fines coming from certain state commissions. The PFL is going to be in some hot water. Uh, just a little side note, I noticed that the PFL lines for their event on 420 uh, this month, the 20th of uh, April, those lines were available a few hours ago. Not there now. And I read an article on ESPN about this, which said that some states like Arizona, for example, is no longer going to be offering lines on PFL events. So interesting, the blowback is going to be pretty hot and heavy. And just to clarify, that's not because we brought up some information on Twitter or because we tweeted about things that people knew about. By the way, if you go to Tapology right now and you look up the event for PFL 7, it still says it took place on April 1st at 9 p.m. I believe PFL has now come out and already stated, uh, I'm not sure on Twitter or whatever, but they have acknowledged, you know, point of fact, that the event was pre-recorded. Everyone had NDAs, so media people who were there, athletes, coaches, they all signed NDAs so that they couldn't talk about the matter, keep it quiet. And then of course they uh, tried to make it a live event on April 1st, but it wasn't a live event. And again, when you watch the event live on April 1st, it says on big text right above the screen, it says live FUBU TV, whatever event. It's like, dang, it wasn't live, dude. Now let's talk about these NDAs, right? Non-disclosure agreements. There was two guests on the show that I have to point out. And I can call them out by name because they were on the show. They were right there. One was Todd Gurley, current slash former NFL player. I believe he's not on a roster right now. So Todd Gurley is in a hotel room, I believe, off location, kind of coming in via Zoom conference. They'd Zoom him in and, you know, hey, what do you think about this fight or that fight? Or 
you think about that round? You know, what do you think about the fight? Period. And Todd Gurley would give his two cents and like, you know, say whatever. Cool. The next one was Bo Nickel, former three-time NCAA champion in wrestling for Penn State University. Currently a mixed martial artist in the amateur level. He has one more amateur fight at State College, Penn State, coming up soon. He talked to the broadcast about possibly coming into the PFL and, you know, looking forward to that, you know, his future, turning pro and, you know, whatever else. Very good athlete. And he, too, was being, you know, conferenced in from off location, probably at Penn State or whatever. And so he would comment about the fights and, you know, just, you know, some you know, basic stuff. They asked him about his career. And, of course, these people all signed NDAs. Well, how would it be, then, that some of these guys were having conversations that have been screenshotted? I've seen the screenshots. That they were talking to people days before the fight came out April 1st regarding the results as in who won who got congratulated thank you for the congratulations i appreciate it this information was out there now bo nickel i'm not pointing the finger at him or todd Gurley. i don't know but could it have been that bo nickel who's at penn state university still young guy maybe in passing he talks to a friend could todd Gurley have had a few drinks with a buddy of his you know just hanging out in atlanta whatever and hey yeah man you know I, it was pretty cool we you know, got a chance to do some you know talking on camera and his buddy's like oh you know, you know who won dude he's like, well i, I kind of know who won but i can't really you know i can't really tell you that you know a few drinks later he's like yeah dude I'll, like this guy this guy's you know this guy won that guy won the ndas did not work there's proof of that we know that somebody was talking now it could have been coaches it could have been somebody in the media it could have been a mistake maybe somebody again had a few drinks too many that night the event's in jacksonville florida maybe somebody just slipped maybe there was somebody working in the arena doing uh, maintenance work, you know, cleaning up. And they came across some of the information. Either way, the NDAs did not work. And if you look at the emails I mentioned before, people in the know knew what happened. I believe the book's numbers reflected that they knew what happened too. And those last lines that came out on Friday before the event happened, or pretended to be happening, you could see that something was, there was knowledge there. It was knowledge of who the winners were going to be because now the books protected themselves from paying out. Well, not but the books protected themselves from getting screwed in essence because people knew the results. So they put these lines now at a crazy level, minus 5,000, minus 2,000. For guys who opened up a week earlier or about a week earlier at minus 250, minus 300. I don't know that the books knew, but I have a hard time accepting the fact that we found out we got people that were special guests off location who would have known. You've got NDAs that maybe weren't weren't bulletproof because people were talking about it. Fighters were being congratulated before this fight took place on April 1st. A lot of factors there that would suggest to me that, again, and we, we may not know the truth on this. I mean, DraftKings has already come out with a statement saying, you know, we didn't know. And some books are not even making comments. Uh, ESPN now is involved. They're going to do some of their investigative reporting and they'll, they'll uncover some more truths. The reality is that it's it's hard to think that the books didn't have some kind of idea of what's going on. Now, the ESPN article also mentions that on Saturday, the day after April 1st, so April 2nd, that an organization, I guess, in Las Vegas who does some oversight for, you know, gaming and, you know, regulations, they sent out an email or a message to all the books telling them, listen, something nefarious is going on. We need to look into the PFL match. We're getting information right now that the, it was pre-recorded. And at that point, every book was notified. I want to make sure I go back on the timeline. That's April 2nd. So for all the, the, the ninnies who came onto the Twitter page over here, all the thing, all the people who thought what they were doing was protecting their bets, trying to keep us quiet and shut up, look at that article. Okay, that, that's a major organization with probably more than 100 followers like we have on our Twitter handle. Like, it didn't matter what the fuck we were saying over here. 
the information now was going through the channels. All the big boys were being informed. Event was pre-recorded. There may be some insider trading going on in essence. And yet we got these tools coming up on our Twitter page, calling us stupid, calling me stupid, telling us that we don't know nothing about gambling. Be quiet. You're going to ruin it for everybody. We blocked almost all those people because you know what? Not only were they coming up in here and some of them using some language that is not, not appreciated, you were dead wrong. You guys look like the biggest fools right now. Now, in the context of all this, I do want to bring up something. We had the pleasure of interviewing Alexei Pergon. We interviewed him on Saturday of this weekend, I believe. Losing track of days or Saturday or Sunday, we interviewed him. If you watch the interview, at that time, I knew all of this. I had the emails. I had all this information already on Saturday. So, actually on Friday. So we do the interview with Alexei Pergon. I've heard people ask me, why didn't you bring this up? I want to be clear here. It's not the fighter's fault. The fighters have nothing to do with this. Not to mention pro debut. Some of these guys are under 21 years old. One guy was 19. Alexei is 20 years old. We had the information, but out of respect to the athlete and out of respect to any athlete we interview, we're not going to put a 20 year old fighter in the crosshairs and put this information out there and have an interview with him and ask him to speak on this for a lot of reasons. One is he has an NDA. Two, he's got a whole bright future in front of him. We're not trying to get him all riled up in politics and you know, get him into some trouble. So we knew the information, but we didn't ask anything of Alexei about it out of respect for the fighter. I mean, we do that again and again and again. We're never gonna do that where we're gonna ask the fighter these kind of questions and put them on the spot. So if you're wondering why we did the interview and we didn't ask the questions, go back in our timeline. We were aware of it. We were very much aware of it. We were talking about it, okay? I, I could have easily asked him some of these questions and what, made him uncomfortable? Not cool. I can't tell you we're also interviewing another fighter from that card later this week. And we're not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna bring it up. It's not the fighter's fault, coach's fault. There's bigger power players here in this whole picture. And it's not the fighters. The last people that should be affected by this negatively are the fighters. They're there to do your job. They fought. Every fighter that was in a pro debut, none of this shit should come back to them. That's our opinion here. So if we're gonna do interviews with fighters from that card, or any car like this in the future, which happens where it happens like this, we are not going to ask those questions. And again, in the best interest of the fighter and their career and not putting themselves in the crosshairs of some controversy like this. Now, on that note, who is at fault? That seems to be now the, the question going around. Who is at fault? PFL? I mean, what did the PFL do? Well, they kind of misled when the event was happening. They did that for sure. On Twitter, the broadcast, we got now FUBU TV apologizing and saying, oh, we used the same copy from the other event. And so because, you know, we made a mistake, whatever. Look, however you want to explain what you guys did at FUBU and PFL, I actually don't find them as the main party at fault here. I don't think it's them. There's been plenty of pre-recorded events. I mean, if you're a WWE wrestling fan, professional wrestling, like that shit's planned out, right? <laughs> they have a skit. And yet you can bet on those events, which is kind of wild, but you can bet on professional wrestling. I mean, while it's, it's all skits, you know, it's planned out ahead of time. There's been pre-recorded shows, Survivor, and all the things you could bet on that are pre-recorded. So the concept of a pre-recorded event, that's not foreign. My issue actually is with the books. The fines are going to be levied against the books who took money on this and then actually did not want to pay out initially. They're going to have to pay out. Now, if you're with some offshore you know, organization that's not very reputable. If you're, if you have a local bookie, like back in the day, you know, you have a guy in the corner, you give him money to, and he's the bookie. 
maybe he doesn't pay you out either. But if you took numbers and you placed a bet with a major organization and they didn't pay you, or they're suspending the bet or holding on to it, they're going to have to pay you. They're going to have to F and pay you. They're going to be pressured from all angles. Once this gets all filtered through and more, more information comes out, there's going to be some huge fines from the state commissions to the books in every state because they took numbers where they took in bets, excuse me, on an event that was pre-recorded and it's suggesting again that they also knew the results. In this case, I think the, the majority of the fault actually comes back on the books. And people say, oh, well, the PFL was trying to fool them and the books didn't know. What do you mean? We knew, we knew, we knew, okay? We're not a multi-billion dollar organization like some of these books. We're not Caesar's Palace, dude. We're not MGM. You know, we don't have Jamie Foxx doing advertisement for us over here at MMA Fight Club. These are huge organizations. It's, it's very ignorant to think that they did not know that this event already happened and that the results were already out there. So from that standpoint, that's where I feel like the biggest party to blame, the biggest controversy here is the books taking money on this PFL event, an event that looks like they kind of knew too. And last but not least, insider trading happens every day. It's happening right now somewhere in the world, China, Russia, wherever. You know people on the inside, they give you a tip, you take the tip and you run with it. I'll give you some examples. We do interviews with fighters now. We have a local gym here called NPR. NPR has got a few good fighters in there, one UFC fighter. I can go to that gym anytime I want to, walk in there, watch some practices. I can see if a guy's a little hurt. I could talk to him. Hey, how you feeling, man? Oh, you got an injury? Okay, and I, I could not disclose it maybe because I'm protecting his, you know, his, his best interest. I don't want to give up the secret. But that's insider information, right? That's going on all across the sport. People looking for an inside track, maybe they know a coach, former teammate. They want information, especially if they're gambling. They want any insight they can to find an edge. So that's a part of this sport. It's a part of Wall Street. It's a part of pharmaceutical businesses. It's a, it's a part of almost every aspect of life when people are looking to get a competitive edge. You know, people get filmed on other fighters, right? They'll get filmed of other guys training. They'll have somebody like in the gym spying and giving them some footage. Ninganu, when he fought his last fight against Gan, had a knee injury. Look it up. There's a lot of information to suggest that the UFC leaked out information to Gan that Francis Ninganu had a knee injury. The information became out there. The information started to leak. Maybe the people that didn't want him to win got the information to Gan. It became information that was, again, insider information, something that shouldn't have been spread, but it got spread. So I'm not mad about insider trading. I mean, if, if you think it doesn't happen, you're, 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 you know, you're getting fooling yourself. But in this situation here, if you're going to be upset at any entity, take it out on the books, guys. The books in this situation here, I believe, I can't prove it, but I believe they knew. I believe they knew. They made a last minute adjustment to protect themselves by making the lines almost unbettable, enticing people to go with a dog. Hell, I almost did it myself. The numbers are getting wild. Unless, unless you knew the outcome. So you have this now minus 5,000, the other side is like whatever, plus whatever it could be. You're enticing people, the average casual better like myself or you to place a bet on their dog. Okay, so the books, I think are the main culprit in all this. And what's gonna change now? What's gonna change moving forward is we're gonna have more heightened scrutiny on not just mixed martial arts events, any events that possibly could be pre-recorded 
we're not being live. In this case, it's a small organization. It's the PFL. It's not the UFC. Unfortunately, now the PFL is going to probably be removed from DraftKings and the major books for a little bit until you know everything's looked at and investigated. But again, I, I don't blame PFL for trying to pull off a pre-recorded event. Yeah, now trying to make it as a live event, that's kind of slimy. But ultimately, the insider information on this was out there. People knew. They were aware of it. Conversations were being had. And so there was an opportunity for people that knew to benefit. I'm going to go back to our initial prediction video. We did a prediction video a week before, which would have been like a day after it really did happen on March 25th. And we were spot on. We had about four or five parlays that we posted. All the information on our Twitter page. We put those parlays up on our uh, betemmet.tips website as well on our profile and so we hit every single parlay man i was like oh, we're doing great here every one of them was right and that was based upon real breakdowns real information and not us knowing what the result was we had no idea so it was a nice card for us from that standpoint once it all comes out to wash that you know what we predicted something that already happened it makes it makes our breakdown look less viable to be honest with you because now after the fact it was like well we knew who won because we all knew it was out there well we didn't know you know in the future i'll be looking for the same signs again Lines coming up and coming back down. Lines being so skewed towards a heavy favorite right before the event happens. This will at least catch my eye. Smaller promotions, so LFA or PFL, uh, Cage Fury. It would be hard pressed to think that the UFC could do this or Bellator. Though I will say this. When the UFC has had the events in Las Vegas that are close to the public, that would be the opportunity. And I mean that in a, in a right way. Like pre-record it, NDAs. No one talks. The event published a few days later, whatever. We can gamble on it. All's well, ends well. In this situation here, I believe one of the big issues that made it fall apart was that the NDAs did not work. Someone or multiple people were talking enough that this got out. So NDAs, you know, rules are meant to be broken. Someone slipped. Maybe, maybe more than one person slipped. Information gets out there. Word travels fast. In that situation, that was a big problem here. If you're going to have NDAs and do an event like this and have it pre-recorded, you're going to have to do something better. You know, some other way to protect the information from not getting out. And not to mention, these are, what, 19-year-old fighter? One of the fighters was 20. Very young guys. You know, could have been made it just a mistake. One of the screenshots that I read was that he was responding to someone congratulating him on winning the fight. Maybe he just didn't realize what he was doing. He was like, oh, yeah, thank you. And it's like, that was bait, dude. Someone just baited you before the fight goes live on TV, seeing if you knew or, or seeing if it was true that you had already won. That, that, that fighter just not realizing it was like, oh, yeah, thank you. Congratulations. It's like, oh, no, dude, you're not supposed to say anything about this. You haven't won the fight yet, technically. I got my fingers crossed that none of the fighters are negatively impacted by this. That, that should not be the case. Someone won a contract. All the guys did a pretty good job. Some of these guys, even the ones who didn't get a contract, like Turner, looks good, bright future. Mr. Stankovic looked good as well in the main event. So hopefully there's no blowback on them. And again, I don't imagine how there could be. Uh, the last group of people that I'm upset about here are the fighters. Like, I don't know how they would play a role in this. Unless maybe one of them, again, opened their mouth <laughs> mistakenly. But again, even in the way that I read that one exchange between that one fighter, it wasn't like he was trying to tell people that it already had happened. It looked like he just made a mistake of saying, oh yeah, thank you, I appreciate the congratulations. Thanks for joining us. We wanted this to come out sooner. We were going to do it over the weekend, but uh, we had a bunch of people coming to us and saying, no, please don't do that. I don't want my book to find out, you know, we're not going to get paid. Like, whoever those people are, stay off our channel, stay off of our Twitter account, like sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up on that bullshit here. You know, we don't need that kind of nonsense. And quite frankly, even though we had, what, four parlays, look at our Twitter feed, four parlays that were all perfect. 
The last thing I cared about was winning those parlays. Once this information hit my hit my screen, I'm starting reading emails. The only thing I cared about was getting the information out, the truth. I didn't care about winning those parlays. Like, but when I saw the information come out, the last thing I was thinking was, oh man, you know, they better pay out my bets, guys. Uh, no, everyone shut up. Don't tell the truth. Whoever's talking like that, dude, keep it moving. Stay far away from us. Stay far away from our page and our businesses because you know what? You're a greaseball, okay? People who talk like that, try to hide the truth. Those are not the kind of people I want any part to deal with. There's that good quote, right? There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. Well, we held off in the video and some, in some way out of respect for certain people and also to make sure we're also crossing our T's and dotting our I's. ESPN drops a story today. That gives you more of the green light here to drop the story. Good article, by the way. I'll put a link down below in the description to that article on ESPN. Did a pretty good job. Uh, one of the guys in the, in the article, I believe his last name is uh, Miller, he came by our, our, our Twitter page and he was all about getting information about this. He encouraged us, listen, get the story out there. Don't let these people shut you up. Don't, don't back down. And so we appreciate that, buddy. We appreciate you coming and encouraging us to get the story out there. But he was in the article. It was good to see him getting some publicity. But now it's out. If you have any more questions about this, respond to us on Twitter, send us a DM, you know, write a comment here under the video. For anyone who bet on this event and you had a big winner and it wasn't paid out or it's still pending, my condolences. Uh, you deserve to get your money. Those books that had your bet, they should pay you out. The only concern would be if some of those books may not be reputable books or offshore books, like a local bookie. In that case, you might be a little screwed. But I would imagine if you're with a reputable book, something like DraftKings or FanDuel, they're going to take care of you. They're going to be forced, I think, at some point to pay out those winnings. Because ultimately, it's their responsibility, right? You can't be taking money on lines that you're offering and turn around later on after the fact and be like, oh no, we can't pay you because you know, that wouldn't be appropriate. So I wish you guys the best in collecting your winnings. Thanks again for joining us, guys. If you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe and we'll see you.